Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Ancient Enemies, written by Zephyrlantantus. The thing is, you're uglier than a nebula's chocolate starfish. The commander of the Void Jumper looked at the screen. His professional demeanor denied him the opportunity to agree with the security cell operator. I'm going in there. Are we certain the restraints are holding? He asked, hoping that he wouldn't have to find out. The legends told of these creatures clearly stated that no restraints could hold a human. There are no cybernetic enhancements in this one, and the restraints have been reinforced. The operator tried to admit an air of certainty and failed. He entered the interrogation cell. The creature looked up at him and bared his teeth in a grin. Interview commenced at 27 21 43 98. Present in room are Commander Extilda and captured alien pilot. He narrated to the built-in recorders. Steve, the creature said in flawless galactic standard. Hmm. Extilda looked at the alien. My name is Steve. I'm a human. Extilda had to control himself. This was it. He'd done it. The elation rose through his chest as the realization reverbed through his very being. Extolda had captured a human. The enemy who never left their corpses or any scrap of their tech behind after battle. He had one now. I know what you're thinking, the human said. It was seated at the table with the heavy restraints weighing down its upper extremities on the table. He was struggling to do more than drag the titanium-led tungsten alloy double-handed gauntlet across the table. You will answer my questions, and you will do nothing more than that, human. Steve shrugged. Sure. What are you doing here? The grin on the human's face widened as he asked. Answering your questions. Do you really think that this attitude will help you? Hicksnolder wasn't going to succumb to simple counter-interrogation techniques. No, Steve kept smiling as he pushed the heavy gauntlet away, allowing him to lean over the table. But if you want this to be fruitful, you'll have to ask the right question, specifically the one that you're not going to ask anyone else. He looked at the prisoner. The short biped was dressed in what they had identified as an officer's uniform. The hair and general grooming of the human matched their records of military service, and he held himself with an oddly calm demeanor. Why? Now that is a good ask. The human smiled at him. This time it seemed to be more of a modest smile. But it has multiple answers. The first answer is, because I have no reason to lie to you. I'm alone here on a Galactic Council battle carrier. The human paused. Extolden nodded slowly in acknowledgement of the reasoning. The second answer is a bit longer, so please bear with me. Another nod was offered as Extolden leaned against the wall furthest from the human. When we, humanity, first reached the stars, we were elated. We had broken through the great challenge of FTL and powered beyond the confinement of our home world, and what we found was hundreds of Thousands of systems with habitable planets. 
In our relation, we did what we had done through our existence of our species. Jumped in with youthful ignorance, without knowing what the consequences of our actions would be. We colonized them. Every planet we could find. We introduced a foreign organism into thousands of balanced biospheres. And the results were unanimous throughout all of our territories. The original biosphere died off. Everywhere in the galaxy, every sign of naturally occurring life was eviscerated because we had decided it was ours. We had been looking for intelligent life for hundreds of generations and eventually came to the logical conclusion. We were alone in the galaxy because we were the first, and in our eagerness to explore and settle, we had inadvertently killed off any chance of a second to arise naturally. Realizing our mistake, we began terraforming barren planets in the habitable zone, even expanding the habitable zones in various systems through various means. Entire colonies were evacuated in attempts to preserve the remaining biospheres, but the damage was too extensive. The planets died, and the terraformed ones were seeded with genetic material in an attempt to create life. A complete and total failure. We had annihilated all life in the galaxy, proved ourselves the destroyers, and subsequently failed to be creators. Reservations were established for a few species of flora and fauna that had survived, but eventually they failed too. All we have left of them now are archives. The human slumped its shoulders and showed every micro-indicator of shame in the book and a couple new ones that Extilda hadn't seen before. But time did what it does. It passed, and with it came the ability to bridge the galactic void. We arrived in the neighboring galaxy and found that it did not have a spacefaring civilization. This founded the first rule. No life-bearing planet is to be occupied by anyone not native to its ecosystem. We found life. This time we would not destroy it. We terraformed and colonized barren planets throughout the galaxy. We safeguarded the life-bearing planets, destroying the cataclysmic event-sized meteors that were heading for them, landing to distribute life-saving medicines to combat any plagues, and offering clean energy technology to any civilization that had made it to steam power. We elevated and created prosperous star-bearing civilizations, allowing them to bypass most of the errors that we'd made in our advancement by teaching them and using our history as lessons. We shielded them from making errors, and when they began to establish their own colonies, they claimed ownership of the life-bearing systems that we had been protecting. We told them no, and when they tried to take them by force, we stood fast. At the end of that war, the few species who still had a home were uh, humbled. A tear formed in the eyes of the prisoner. We killed millions, beings we had loved and taught given them the tech to defend themselves, and then seeing it used against us, not with malice, but because they didn't know any better. In our eagerness to protect life, we had forgotten that life, growth, and knowledge comes from opposition. Only in strife can you truly learn. Thus the second rule was formed. No system with a life-bearing planet can be occupied or interfered with. Any contact with an alien species has to be done on their own initiative. Steve looked up. 
His eyes projected a sadness of a billion lost souls. Then we found this galaxy, and with it the Galactic Council of Species. 150 space-faring species, locked in a political grid of mutually assured destruction. A volatile peace, if peace at all. 157. Extilda corrected the human before he realized that he was offering intel. Steve returned with a polite nod. 57. Yes. The newly joined seven species have space communication, but not space fare. The lambs in a pit of hungry wolves. We arrived and watched a largely populated galaxy tear itself apart in the arms race to gain the advantage. This is when we realized that in order to preserve the life of this galaxy, we would have to become its enemy. A leader from each species was invited to a diplomatic vessel. They were then ferried across the entirety of human space. Lectured on our history and ensured annihilation of life in their galaxy if something didn't change. We offered a solution. We would be the enemy. The invaders who could only be held at bay through cooperation and alliances. So your leaders just forced you into a war as the boogeyman. I don't buy it. Hextilda interrupted the human. The four rules are not casually stated by an elected official, Commander. They are formulated over centuries and debated for millennia before a unanimous consensus is reached across the entire species. The third rule took less than 1,500 years to be enforced. To preserve life everywhere, those with the wisdom and knowledge are obliged to act with such. For 6,000 years, we have fought to defend the life-bearing planets of this galaxy. Firstly, by colonizing neighboring systems and establishing safe zones that expand out to encompass them. But the galaxy is large, Commander. And 100 years ago, we found out that in an effort to gain more resources, the Council has expanded into prohibited systems. Systems that the Council knows are off-limits due to the presence of life. The new seven are examples of this. One hundred years ago, Commander, the fourth rule was proposed. I am here to relate to you. You are in a populated system. The natives here are in their early computer-controlled automation age. They will not reach space for a long time. Anything above their heads is divine territory. Any interference will be perceived as divine intervention. Compared to them, we are gods. Extolda didn't see the need to interfere with the planet. He was looking for mineral extraction sites and gas planets. The system had plenty of both. Steve nodded, slid his hands out of the restraints and stood up from the chair. Then he sighed and looked Extolda directly in two of his ten eyes. Any technology advanced enough is going to resemble magic. My ship is not captured. I am not your prisoner and this is not an interrogation. My ship is parked. I am a volunteer messenger, and I am giving you the reason why your long-range communications are down. Your jump drive is not charging, and you will all be dead in ten minutes. The one rule that took less than a century for a Google of humans to agree on. Rule four. No species are exempt from the rules. End of story.
And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.